the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nothing is more glorious than the gospel that we read of in scriptures, as we'll see today. Join us. Nothing is more glorious than the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did to save us and why we needed saving. It's all wrapped up in this glorious gospel, and that in and of itself is the glory of God. Welcome. This is Times of Refreshing. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, will return our attention to our series he is simply entitled His Glory. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And here in the first four verses, we get a marvelous look at this glorious gospel. With more, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman and today's broadcast. People are using the Word of God deceitfully. And they think that preaching the gospel is an easy way to make money. And that it's easy. Let me tell you something. If you're really doing this and doing it and the right way in the sight of God... This stuff will break you down. You gotta have God. You know how many pastors are quitting every year? Just, I'm out of here. You've got to deal with some really tough stuff just in the natural. Dealing with people's attitudes, peeling people's opinions, dealing with people's messes. And then, and that's, and that's just dealing with people going through their process of growth. I get it. But then also having to deal with somebody dying suddenly. Kid issues. Family issues. Then you got your own. This is not for the faint of heart. And it is not easy to do this. Moses said, Lord, if you're going to treat me like this, then just kill me. You better open your Bible to the book of Numbers. And he said it. Because it's, it's not easy. And so what happens is people don't. And so people get up and then they start using the word deceitfully. And they think it's some kind of a show. And they make a mockery of it. And it turns people off. But I love the Apostle Paul. He said, but by manifestation of the truth, he said, Committing ourselves to every man's conscience. He lived right in the sight of God and he handled the word of God truthfully. He says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The God of this age, the devil, the Satan. Understand, saints, that's the other aspect of it. You're dealing with people's personal stuff and your own stuff and life and and life can be tough sometimes but you're also dealing with the devil who's trying to kill you and he'll start speaking all kinds of stuff into your mind 
He'll try to tempt you on every side and put pressure on you to do things that are unethical, immoral, things that are detestable in the sight of God, and do those things and keep on coming to church and act like nothing's happening. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I talk about this this morning? And act like everything's cool. Don't worry about it. And the devil, he wants to marginalize us, get us to a place where that's how, we, how we're living. But yet we just keep going on. And for us, is my mic going down? Can you guys hear me out there? And for us, we want to make sure that as the people of God, that we're constantly saying, I got to get in the word of God. I want the message to be fixed And this is about the message. He says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. So the message isn't about me. It's not about you. He says, we don't preach ourselves. And I love the Apostle Paul for this because he knew that's what it's about. The power is in the glorification of Jesus. And then God response he begins to change people's lives when he becomes the centerpiece and the message is about him and and glorifying him and so what happens for us is we have to keep that in mind because sometimes we just read our bible and the only thing that we're really thinking about is how is it going to profit and benefit me can i have an amen y'all how is it going to benefit me brother i don't care about all this well wait a minute Well, let's talk about the glory of Jesus. Let's talk about the blood of Jesus. We're talking, let's talk about, let's talk about how what he did brought redemption and healing to humanity. Let's talk about his splendor, his majesty, his honor. Let's talk about how awesome he is. Let's talk about the fact that when you was out there running the streets, he was running after you and that he pursued you. That he loved you enough. That he didn't let the devil take you out before your time. Then when you start thinking about what Jesus did for us. And how he's still working in our lives. How you got angels that have been assigned to your life to keep you. Can I have an amen? And to protect you and to watch over you. And that God Almighty, his presence is with you and his spirit is in you. That Jesus Christ came to the earth, healed the sick, walked on water, did all those great things for humanity. Died, rose from the grave, sitting on the right hand of the Father, and he is still your advocate. He is your kinsman redeemer. And that everything is for his glory. And for us, we don't preach us. Preaching us isn't going to do anything. It's preaching him that's going to bring the breakthrough. Can I have an amen? It's magnifying him. I love the fact that Apostle Paul, he said this to the church of Corinth. Because the devil wants to veil people's minds, but the only thing that can tear the veil away is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Not my denomination, not my affiliation, not my relationships. It's the power of the glorious gospel of Jesus that removes the veil. And this is what we want to make sure we're constantly focusing on. For it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, he says, in the face of Jesus Christ. I love it. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want you to see this. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 
verse 8 on down to 11. It says here in verse 8, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer. This is the Apostle Paul talking again. He says, as an evildoer, even to the point of change. But the word of God is not what? Chained. But the word of God is not chained. But the word of God is not chained. The Apostle Paul, and I love this, he had opposition. He had opposition from the Jews. He had opposition from the Greeks or the Romans. He had, op- he had opposition. They didn't like his message. They despised this message. To the point that some the Judaizers would come behind him when he would go into a city and preach the gospel. And they would come and bring their message right behind to try to bring confusion to the people that he had just ministered to. They would follow him around on his circuit to try to trip him up and to try to bring, to throw, to throw dirt in the water, if you will, to bring confusion to the people. And so the message was a problem for the devil because he knows that there's power in the gospel to change a person's life. He doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you just go to a church. He doesn't want you to hear a good message because we're all born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And so he don't want you to hear the message. So he came behind. And so the Apostle Paul, this is what he dealt with to the point that they arrested him. And shut him up in chains. And they tried to stop him. But he wasn't the power. And so I love what he says here. It's beautiful. He says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. He says, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of change, but the word of God is not chained. He knew you can't stop this message, though. You may chain me up, but as long as I got a voice, the message is still going to go out. Can I have an amen? He knew that the power wasn't the person. The power was the message that was coming through the person. And that's what we have to see. That it's the gospel that is the power. It's the gospel that is glorious, that gives us revelation of Jesus Christ. And that message was not changed. And he rejoiced in that. I may be in chains, but the message is not changed. The message goes. The message gets in the atmosphere. The message begins to germinate. The message begins to grow. The message begins to get in your mind, and it starts to get in your heart. And then somebody shares the message with you, and then you go home, and it's like the message follows you home. And then you're sitting there thinking about what was said. And then when you try to do something contrary to what was said, all of a sudden what was said comes back, and it says, I'm still here. And then you start thinking to yourself, like, how can I get away with this? But it's too late because the message now, it's alive and it's active. It starts working on you. It starts prodding you and pushing on you. And then when you do something, you start feeling guilty about it and feel like, man, I shouldn't have did it because I heard the message. And that message is still, and then can I have an amen, y'all? And you can run to the North Pole, but you didn't heard something that just done got out into your spirit. You can run to the South Pole, but the message is following you wherever you go. And it doesn't stop. It's alive. It's active. 
active. It's moving. It's breathing. It's germinating. It's act- and God starts to send his message out into the world. You say, man, my mama didn't pray for me. She told me not to do this. My dad warned me. He told me not to do And it's amazing how you feel like you get away from it. And then all of a sudden, right when you need it, when you're just about, bam, it's there. Apostle Paul's message is not chained. It gets out. It starts floating all around. And then God, and then thank God for his angels. His angels start working because they know the message and what the message will do. And the fact that the message has been preached. And then the angels will start working on your behalf. Shut this door and then get you. The next you know, you find yourself, your back is against the wall. And then all of a sudden, bam, here comes the message. Then the message starts coming through unlikely people. You, you getting ready to do something stupid. And then all of a sudden, your, your, your four-year-old ch- child that's been in the, ch- in the children's ministry hearing all kinds of stuff about Jesus. And just when you're about to do something stupid, then all of a sudden they start preaching to you. Can I have an amen, y'all? Mama, don't you remember what David said? And they start talking about Daniel in the lion's den. And next thing you know, you're sitting there and the message, the message is there. And the gospel, the message being preached, that's the glory. The glory of the message begins to give revelation of Jesus Christ and it follows you. And this is why the devil wants you to shut your mouth. He doesn't want you to talk about the Lord. He doesn't want you to know the message. Because if God can get more messengers, he can get the message out to more people. But the devil wants us to shut our mouths. But I love the Apostle Paul. He says the message is not chained. He says, therefore, look at verse 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny, he says himself. And so I love the fact that the Apostle Paul, he knew that it wasn't just him. It was the message that God had entrusted him with. That was the power. I love our church, but it's the message. Can I have an amen? It's the message. It's not the fancy seats. It's not the lights. It's not the instruments. It's not all this stuff. It's not our, we got a beautiful facility. I love it. But it's not the facility, it's the message. Where's the message at? The message is what changes people's lives. Can I have an amen? Let's go to Romans chapter 1, and let's look at this. Romans chapter 1. Let's look at verses 16 and 17. It says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said again, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, 
The just shall live by faith. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know, the word there, ashamed in the Greek, it means to withdraw. It means to invert. It means to be sorry about it. And this is what happens. We've got so into this deal in, our, in, the, in the culture and in the spiritual climate and what's going on in the world that we, and I hate to say this, is we've just become soft. And what I mean by that is we don't want to deal with any backlash from people that don't receive our message. So what happens is people have watered the message down to try to make it more palatable to those who really don't want to have conversion as much as they want to have life insurance. And so what we've done is we've gone, we've, we've inverted, we have got to a place where we have withdrawn, and in some cases we start feeling sorry or apologizing to people. Well, I'm sorry if you went to church and they were preaching about sin and telling you that you needed to repent and come to know Jesus and lay down your life. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry that the people were hard on you and they were, and they were telling you that you can't cheat on your wife and you can't cheat on your husband. I'm sorry that they told you that you, can't, you shouldn't be out there drinking, getting drunk and, and doing drugs and alcohol. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, you know, that you went to church and, and they told you that you got to try to dress modestly and, and don't show everybody everything. Leave something for the, to be desired. Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm sorry. And we start feeling sorry and apologizing for stuff that God told us in this book. And we've got to break this off of us. This cowardice, this softness, and we want to speak the truth in love. It has to be in love, but we shouldn't apologize for stuff that God told us to do. If the Bible says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church, he's saying that's what we got to do. He's saying this is what I'm looking for you to do, to lay down your life for your wife. Be a man, lay down your life for your wife. Give of yourself for your wife. This is what God says in his Bible, but then we, 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 we're, we feel sorry, we withdraw, we're ashamed of the gospel. We get ashamed of it. But it's the message that helps to change somebody's life. It's the message, and when we're firm with the message, that help, if we start moving the bar around to make people feel uncomfortable, God is telling us that we have not been authorized to do that because this is his word. Can I have an amen, y'all? But people get confused in the church because they go to church, and it's like we don't know where the bar is. And then if the bar gets a little heavy and it causes a little bit of a, pressure on a person and the person complains, then pastors who aren't secure in themselves and ensure and secure in their calling and what God has called them to do, that they start cowering back and making, making uh, you know, excuses for people and saying, no, it's okay now. It's okay. Just don't leave. So, so I have people that come to my church. 
And people get ashamed of the gospel. They start feeling sorry and they withdraw. They're not bold to proclaim the glorious gospel. But Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. And in this church, we want to have a a healthy balance. We know people are growing and maturing, and nobody in this room, including me, is perfect. But we still want to uphold the standard so all of us are reaching for Christ and becoming more like Christ and doing what Christ says, and then we all get changed. Amen? We all get changed. And, and we hold each other accountable to that standard so that God can work in our life. But we start withdrawing and we start getting ashamed. Well, man, does anybody on your, in your job know that you're a Christian? Does anybody? I'm not saying you've got to be obnoxious, but people need to know where you stand. Can I have an amen, y'all? Anybody on your campus know that you're saved, that you love God? Does anybody know? Does anybody know what happens is we got to get this in our mind that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's a message of the gospel that Jesus used to save my life. And for us as saints, we have to get back to this. We can't, we got to get out of this mold where, um, and I hate to say this, saints, where we don't have any kind of care concerning people's life, really. If we really care, if we really care about people, we're going to give them the truth and help them get out of their situation. I'm going to say this about being a pastor. Even as a pastor of this church, you know, there's a standard. You guys have, had, heard, had, have seen me get up before this church and have to, have to correct people or to tell, you know, sit people down. If I've had to sit people down. I've had people actually get mad at me because I publicly came up here and said, we got to sit this brother down because he did XX today and he's a minister or a deacon or whatever, elder in the church. We had to sit him down. And so we love him. We care about him. We're going to help him get, but we had to do this because, you know, this is something that he did. We love him. We're going to help him through his process, but we had to sit him down. I've had people come to me before in times past and say, why did you tell everybody I'm like, what do you mean? Why did you tell everybody that you had to sit them down? Because the Bible tells me that you have to tell everybody you had to sit them down. Can I have an amen? The, the scripture said tell everybody that you have to sit them down and then get them restored and then put them back up. Praise God. But people are so used to sweeping everything under the carpet. They come here and those people, they leave the church. So I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel. And let me say this, and that goes for me too. You guys have to hold all of us as preachers of the gospel to a higher standard. Because the scripture says that. It says that. That you have to. And so there's times when, when, you, when, when, uh, when stuff like this happens, and even in my own personal life. If I ever, I want you guys to know as, a, as the pastor of this church, if I ever had a problem... And I, and I felt like I was, and the scripture showed me, and this Holy Spirit, and the elders in this church, you wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to ask me to step down. I would step down because I have too much respect for God and the word of God to sit up here and, can I have an amen, and act like, you know, no. 
Step down, get cleaned up, and then let God put you back in the game. But nowadays, people, they have no respect for the gospel. They have no respect for the ministry that as long as I'm getting seen, I'm good. But I love the Apostle Paul. I love the Apostle Paul because his heart was about the message and his heart was about doing what's right in the sight of God. And for all of us, we got to get this back into the church. We got to get it back. We got to get it back. He says here, he says, for I'm not ashamed of the, of, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes. He says, for the Jew first and then also for the Greek. Now there's no limitation to where this message can go. He says to the Jew first, this message is supposed to be preached to Jewish people. It's supposed to be proclaimed to them. The Apostle Paul says first, because Jesus is the Messiah. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945 You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.